Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. If you were to open your crisper drawer in your home refrigerator right now, what would you find? Be honest. Is there a wilty head of lettuce, a liquefying cucumber? Maybe some bell peppers and carrots that you dutifully chopped into sticks for a healthy snack that you just didn't get to before they went bad? Unfortunately, you're not alone. Food waste due to spoilage and microbial contamination is a huge problem, not just in consumer homes, but up and down the supply chain. And while refrigeration has helped dramatically, it has limitations. For example, it isn't available everywhere, such as in many developing countries or, for an example a bit closer to home, many corner stores and convenience stores. And when it is available, it might not be enough, especially as consumer demand for fresh products continues to grow. Likewise, refrigeration is associated with increased greenhouse gas emissions, something many retailers are pressuring suppliers and manufacturers to reduce in order to respond to consumers' environmental concerns. But there may be a new solution to this age-old problem. A new technology developed by a team of students and graduates from Cornell's Food Science Department who recently launched Farther Farms, a startup previously known as Natural Cuts, Inc. Together with experts from Cornell, they created a new processing technique that they say will revolutionize the storage, transport, and preparation of fresh produce by extending its shelf life by months, while at the same time reducing energy costs associated with cold storage, canning, and other existing preservation techniques. And it all does this without preservatives, chemicals, or genetic modification. Farther Farms co-founders Vipul Saran and Michael Anunziata explain how the new technology works, what inspired it, and what it means for manufacturers, retailers, and consumers alike. According to Michael, the idea for Farther Farms began when the pool worked in India, trying to ship fresh produce to the Middle East without refrigeration or cold chain infrastructure. Needless to say, that endeavor resulted in high levels of food spoilage and waste. Michael explains in more detail. What we are all about is providing access to fresh, convenient nutrition for, for everybody and doing that in a sustainable way. The nexus was for international cuts, and it was really visible in India uh, trying to ship, store, ship, ship fresh produce over to the Middle East, India, and experience a lot of waste and loss both financially and from a produce perspective, because he didn't have refrigerated or frozen infrastructure. And he came to Cornell to try to find a processing technology solution that didn't require freezing or refrigeration, but allowed you to maintain the freshness of the produce to reduce that waste. Uh, and he did. He came here and developed a process that uses uh, a combination of high pressure, moderate temperature to extend the shelf life of cut produce by months. And we're starting all of that with the, the potato and expanding other vegetables down the line as we start to scale uh, with the idea of reducing energy consumption, reducing food waste by extending shelf life, and being able to provide that nutrition to a lot more people uh, than are currently getting it now, either because they don't have access or 
because of infrastructure issues or because it's not convenient so they don't eat produce because uh, their only option is frozen or it's fresh and they don't have time to, to, to prepare it themselves. Lapool further explained why he started with the potato, the unique challenges it posed, and how like combining high pressure, dense carbon dioxide, and moderate temperature, he found a way to stop potatoes from browning when they're cut and to fend off pathogenetic microorganisms that can cause food poisoning. Now, when we're talking about potato, particularly, the two biggest problems that we face in terms of the shelf life of potato is basically that if you peel a potato and you leave it out for a minute or less than a minute, it starts to brown. It's the same as apples. And uh, that's the first problem. So it, becomes, it starts to brown. People don't want to eat it. And eventually, we throw it out as food waste. The second problem with potatoes is that if you leave it out and it, it, it is that strong, then you have certain microorganisms that will grow in that potato. And there have been recent various outbreaks in consumption of uh, fresh potato products, uh, which, have, which did not have a defined way of processing the fresh produce. And there have been a lot of outbreaks in that. So the, the, the process that we were trying to develop was that we have to tackle these two main problems. First is the enzymatic browning, like I described the potato browns, to stop that problem. And the second being that we have to eliminate the microbial, uh, 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 microbial growth in the product. So what we basically do is that we would peel the potato, cut the potato as what the consumer wants, and then we blanch the potatoes in uh, moderately higher temperature water uh, or via steam for a matter of 30 seconds to one minute. And then we basically put it through a high-pressure system where we use atmospheric gases to attain a certain pressure in that chamber and we let the product be treated with that high pressure that is being generated by the atmospheric gases. And by manipulating the pressure and the temperature inside that vessel, we can inactivate both the enzymatic activity that leads to the browning of the potato as well as kill the microorganisms that can render a problem uh, later on in the packaged product. So that's basically what we are trying to do. Farther Farms was not the first to find a solution to the problem of food waste stemming from browning potatoes. You may recall that the J.R. Simplot company's black spot resistant genetically modified potato was approved by FDA in 2015. But Vipul doesn't see this as a competitive threat to his technology in the U.S. Um, from a science point of sight, yes, maybe GNO potato is a good option. It's it's something that creates a more convenient, uh, convenient form of uh, uh, you know offering to the consumers. Uh, but it it is only effective when the consumers want to buy it. Uh, so. We are working on the hunch that people in today's um, in uh, to, in today in today's America are not um, so uh, uh, like you know they're not very accepting, uh, not very much uh, wanting to accept GMO products 
and our whole idea or our, our vision and the mission also covers this part that we are a company and in fact we want to be a company that would always be working uh, to use no preservatives, no chemicals and no GMO that always offer a product that is all natural and try to keep it equivalent to fresh because all we are trying to do at the end of the day is that we are trying to offer our consumers the same fresh fruit and vegetables just in a more convenient form with a longer shelf life. That's what we are trying to do. We are not trying to do anything much more bold or much more bigger than that. It's just that we are trying to offer consumers the same fresh and fresh fruit and vegetables that can last a little bit longer so that you don't have to worry about something going bad in your fridge and that you have to throw it out or consume it in a matter of two or three days but you can leave it out there for a more number of days and not worry about it going bad and still enjoy the fresh convenient product. Farther Farms technology also has benefits beyond food waste reduction by helping to reduce energy consumption by 30% simply by eliminating the need for long-term cold storage, freezing, or canning. Michael explains that this is increasingly important not only because of the growing threat of climate change, but because retailers are pressuring manufacturers and suppliers to reduce their emissions. Uh, Walmart, for example, wants its suppliers to eliminate a gigaton of greenhouse gases by 2030. And one way that we see they could do that is by shifting some of their frozen infrastructure to refrigerated infrastructure or to dry storage uh, to reduce the carbon emissions of, of those trucks that transport materials or their warehouses that store those materials. Farther Farms also is using the technology to make finished consumer products, including its natural cuts french fries, which Michael affectionately called the triple bottom line fry. And when we think about what was so triple bottom line about it, it's exactly kind of what we were talking about. So by extending shelf life, we reduce food waste. Uh, by not requiring refrigeration or freezing, you reduce energy consumption. And the triple bottom line line French fries is actually healthier. So when you fry it, it has 40% less calories because the oil uptake is lower. Uh, and it's not pre-fried like frozen is. So we, we think about it in terms of three. So it's the three attributes, namely the 60-day shelf life, uh, no requiring cold storage and the 40% less calories, while also the free benefits in the sense of reducing food waste, um, you know, not requiring refrigeration or freezing, and also just being generally healthier and providing better access to a nutritious product compared to a, a pre-fried French fry, or even a fresh cut one is actually going to have more calories than this because it has higher water content, while higher, higher oil absorption. And then from a, an ESG perspective, uh, it's just more traditional when you hear the words triple bottom line. The idea is environmental, social, governance, uh, also profitable, the idea of sustainable global enterprise. Uh, this kind of falls into that because it's a profitable product, not an impact product only, um, but it also has benefits for the environment and also socially um, and issues that are, that are relevant and important in society. The company plans to push the fry out to market first through food service, where the executives hope chefs will create buzz. Then, once it's scaled its manufacturing capabilities and secured sufficient supply lines, it will take the fries to the retail level for consumers to make in their own homes. And while it's early days still for the company, Michael says it is moving fast on development and production, 
especially when compared to the creation of previous technology, such as individual quick freeze. You know, Bipple did this work starting January 2016, and he had a working process by the summer, by midsummer. So, you know, in six months, he had developed this process by working kind of you know, 12, 14, 16 hour days late at night. And, you know, we see when we get this up and rolling that we have even more flexibility to do more research on, on different vegetables. Um, but his ability to, to define the process in that short period of time, to me, was nothing short of remarkable after us kind of meeting a little over a year ago and hearing that he had done it was, was, was pretty incredible. Um, so there's that piece that he, he was able to do this in a short period of time. The other analogy which is help, helping people kind of understand where this is and where it could go is when you think back of IQS is individual quick freeze and it's, uh, it was developed back, you know, some people say the late 1800s, but it really took, took flight in kind of the 1950s. And one of the reasons why it developed is because as women started to enter the workforce more and more, yet more two-income households, convenience became paramount, and this was the only solution they had developed. Um, and, but it took a number of years for that process to reach scale where it was affordable. Um, but when it did, it really took off. And now I think we're entering into a phase where people are starting to demand that convenience as well as the shelf stability that's afforded by frozen. And we see ourselves as potentially early on um, the, an the analog to the next evolution to instant quick freeze. Like we want to support the environment, but we want to reduce the energy usage that's afforded, that's currently consumed by frozen. Um, why couldn't this be the next innovation in shelf stability? To that end, Michael says Farther Foods has a vision of being the largest producer of shelf-stable produce using its process, including not just potatoes, but all types of fruits and vegetables. For example, he says that the company already is working on avocados and apples and is experimenting with sweet potatoes, green peppers, and sugar beets with, quote, very promising results. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA Soup to Nuts podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us again next week for another installment. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.